Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ, and it is the first day of spring, Wednesday, the 1st of September. Well done. Congratulations to all those thoroughbreds out there who are getting their season off to a wonderful start. Lucky them, is Lucky them. We're joined by some great guests again today. Christopher Clary out of the New York Times. He is a tennis correspondent for them covering the US Open. Spoke to us a little bit about Novak Djokovic and what he has Sitting, waiting in the wings if he can go on and achieve it with a Grand Slam sweep. No one in the men's game since Rod Laver in 69 to do it. Can he achieve it? We will wait and see. We had Andrew Scott out of Wexford Stables. And Matter Matter races on today. Great to see racing back on our screens and on our tracks. He was in good form, old Scotty. Steered us into one, too. Fingers crossed. And then we had Stephen Fleming. Yes, he's a former New Zealand captain, but he's much more than that. He's not only our friend, but he is, well... He's probably the doyen of, of leadership in the current day New Zealand sports people. Absolute champion. Fascinating chat with him. You do not want to miss that. We also talked a lot of racing, a lot of other things too, didn't we? As oh, I love Paul Moasi. He came on, and like you said, he might have been the Savile Bill of humans. He's gone <laughs> three a day, an absolute champion. But, but I must admit, Flem, I think there's a bit of a movement here. We've had a few texts. Flem for PM. I like that. You're listening to Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Be spoiled this Father's Day with Versace Pour Home. 100 mil, just 59.90 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Bears and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning, Morena. You're listening to Bears and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. We are by Kiwis and, well, we are for you. Our listeners, our supporters, so give us a text anytime, double eight, double three, or even give us a call, 0800-150-811. We've got an amazing show lined up for you today. Uh, yesterday, we will be talking the successes of Sophie Pascoe last night, winning her 10th gold medal uh, in the 100-meter freestyle, so it'll be awesome to be able to chat to her. And yes, the champion, William Steadman. Second medal in just the case of 24 hours. What an absolute champion he is. We love championing our champions, so it'll be good to be able to chat to Baz about those successes tonight. And also, we're at 6.50-ish. We will be talking all things US Open with our tennis correspondent, Chris Clary, and why a couple of our big stars aren't playing. Federer, Serena Williams, and co. So... Be great to chat to you about that, Baz. Also, we have Andrew Scott out of the mighty Matter Matter. Well, he's a horse farmer. 
and it's breeding season today, so maybe he's got a horse lined up for Bears and Izzy. Look forward to chatting to him to see if he's got something in the pipeline for us that's going to get us a wee W and put some smiles on our faces. Also, mate, we'll be talking the superstar that is Rish Walsh, and I know that you want to delve into this a bit more in detail about later in the show, and I look forward to that. And then, well, just after eight, we'll welcome our good friend to the show, Stephen Fleming, just before you both jet off on your PJ to the UAE to the IPL. So it'll be great to have a chat to Flemo, see how he's doing, chatting, coaching, chatting why he loves coaching and helping people, chatting cohesion, because that is his favourite word. And uh, really looking forward to that. But before we get on to all that, mate, we've got to welcome in the main star. He's got three days left in New Zealand. Before he jets off, Liss will be heartbroken when he goes on Monday. I will be heartbroken, but that's okay. We'll be, we will be fine. You're not leaving us, mate. You're taking a little recording device with us, so you'll be tuning in every single day, sending us some great content. But Bezza, good morning, my friend. How are you? Oh, good morning, my friend Izzy. That was very well done, mate. Great intro. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm quite enjoying just being able to kick back a little bit and just <laughs> just coast coast my way through to to the end of the week and allow you to just really drive things forward for us. You've done a great job, mate. Absolutely wonderful. And oh, we've pieced you, together another good show today and you're spot on about the ability for us to be able to champion our champions and Sophie Pascoe, William Stebbin. Absolutely outstanding overnight. And uh, I'm looking forward to being able to dive into a few a few of the topics of today, not just here in New Zealand, but also around the world. One thing as well, what about the EPL transfer window shutting in just under mm. four hours' time? There is all sorts of movement going on over there, mate. And what about the cash they're splashing? Wow, wee, there's just huge amounts of money being, being well, it's pretty much been traded amongst all the different teams. And the players, they all get paid really well, but... The, the transfer structure is that the teams just get yeah, paid. Tottenham got any gems or what? Money. Well, Tottenham Hotspur, my side, they've signed Emerson Royal from Barcelona. I'm pretty happy about that. So we just, Ooh. I mean, top of the table. Tottenham Hotspurs, we just continue to solidify <laughs> our stance as one of the Premier Champions. So Premiership League, Premier League Champions. So there's a few big ones actually, Mbappe as well. I think he's going on a free transfer next season to where's he going? He's going to Real Madrid, so that's quite big as well. Everything seems to that nice. was interesting because PSG rejected the 189 million pound bid from Real Madrid for Kylian Mbappe, but now they've he's said that he's going to go there on a free transfer next year. So that's interesting, but we'll keep up to date with that. We'll try and we'll try and keep you up to date with that right throughout as well. So, yeah, fascinating. Talk another couple of things, mate. I'm looking forward to talking to um, Flemo later on in the show. Uh, it'll be good mm. to have him on. I actually want to speak to him, and we talked about this last night, you and I, about Reese Walsh, because I'll be really fascinated to see how Flem would handle Reese Walsh. There was a really good article yep. come out about him yesterday, uh, or might have been the day before, and, and um, I find it fascinating sort of what he, the language that he's used. And for a young man, he seems to mm. have his eye on the prize down the line. And, and it'll be interesting to talk to Flem about how he would manage and, and get the best out of someone like Reese Walsh. There's a lovely saying, which I think is is good for, for Flem. 
It says the teacher will appear when a student is ready, and I think that is a very apt way for, for to describe Stephen Fleming as a coach and as a mentor as well. He is ready and waiting when you are ready to learn mm. and when you're ready to commit to, uh, to a pathway moving forward. So it'll be interesting to talk to him. Um, Andrew Scott, you said horse farmer. Wow. I've got a little bit of info, inside oil on Scotty as well. Of course, he trains out of the Wexford stable with the great Lance O'Sullivan, Hall of Famer, Lance O'Sullivan. And Andrew Scott actually, he, I think he settled on a property here in Matamata yesterday, which is about 25 acres. So he is actually turning into the horse farmer. He's moving out of horse <laughs> training and into horse farming. And of course, in the horse world, spring, well, that means breeding season. Breeding season officially starts today, is so spare a thought for all those stallions out there today, eh? What a day they're going to have. <laughs> what a day they've got lined up for them. Lucky, oh, fellas. Good. <laughs> Lucky, well, you've been in lockdown, mate. I'm sure breeding season's been pretty busy for you, too. <laughs> no, no, mate. Bit too cold for that, Karen. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, how good's that? Um, and uh, a, and of course, takeaways are are available now. Is for most people around the country outside of Auckland. Yeah, yep, there are. They are actually today is the day that you can go out and get some takeaways. I know everyone will be very excited, and we like to say, "Cheers, Willie from Pegasus." He's tuning back in, and a lot of people will be going back to work today. So Willie's going back to work, and radios will be on. The SEN apps will be downloaded the earpieces will be in so everyone will be tuning in so that's awesome hope you're having a good day first day back at work um but yeah takeaways today if you let us know what you what you came for uh obviously McCafe is open today as well so few of you will go down there to get a nice wee flat white maybe a muffin on the side but let us know what Ooh, you thought of my wife tonight she wants to oh treat yourself mate. a bit of cream bit of whipped cream and a bit of bit of jam how good um but my wife tonight, she's keen to go get a bit of butter chicken, mate. Butter chicken. She loves a bit of, bit of Indian and get the butter chicken with the garlic naan. So that might be on our menu tonight, mate. What about yourself? Any any takeaways in Matter Matter or, or you got to go to Hamilton? <laughs> um, well, we can't travel, can we? We can't really do that. Um, oh, no, there's true. a few takeaway options in Matter Matter. There's no Uber Eats here, unfortunately. Although, uh, is Uber yeah. Eats available during... During uh, level three, what's the story there? Yep. I don't really know. Yeah, they it just got to leave it so at the door. Contact, it contactless deliveries. Yep. Well, that would be no good for you because your your property's so big. By the time you got it from the door, <laughs> it'll be freezing, mate. You'd have a cold butter chicken. Oh, hey, man, you throw out some heat. I've seen your buddy thousand acres. Don't you start? There's no place. You can't have a thousand horses on on two acres. Don't even start, Brendan. <laughs> Brendan, all weary official. Israel, Israel. Hey, one oh. other thing. One other thing is, first of September. Not only is it breeding season, but it's also Mattress's birthday. So happy birthday to my brother Nathan, or oh. AKA Mattress. So the, you you can work your own sort of um, work out your own. We have to get Mattress on, mate. I love to get a little insight to to growing up with with bears and. Yeah, the things that went on in that household, I could only imagine. So we've got to get him on. I might get him on actually when you're away so he can just throw some absolute heat at you. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I mean, I know the truth, so <laughs> he'll come up with a whole load of <laughs> rubbish and 
and then you know I'll have to sort of right the wrongs for everyone eventually. But isn't it ironic that his name's Mattress and and he's born on the first day of breeding season? Interesting. <laughs> hey mate, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about your trip. I'm gonna talk about your trip, Bez. When you when you're going away, are you excited? You're looking forward to heading over to the IPL, getting back into the coaching Calcutta Night Riders. Yeah, I am, mate. Obviously, I'm um, a bit apprehensive about leaving after you know we've we've sort of pounded out six six weeks of of uh, breakfast shows together and and sort of really enjoyed the last six weeks and it sort of feels a bit strange to to be leaving now after just I guess putting a, a bit of a line in the sand for us but um it is what it is mate it's uh the of yeah. course the IPL um was called off halfway through so I always knew that I was gonna have to go back and and finish off and it's exciting mate I mean it's probably it's probably one of the top five coaching jobs in cricket around the world if you look at um you know some of the, the international teams you probably got India England Australia is the big jobs, and then then you're probably talking, you know, Mumbai, Kolkata, and Chennai. So you talk as, mm. as in terms of fan bases and and followings around the world. So I mean, it's a big it's a big job, and it comes with a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressures as well. Our team's sitting towards the bottom end of the table, but I, I do feel like we're not too far away. So I'm looking forward to that challenge of hopefully being able to try and turn the turn things around. I find coaching fascinating is because people are just, I find cricketers and and sports people in general just so paralyzed by fear and, and mm. so consumed by the white noise which surrounds performance and expectation. And I love in coaching the ability to try and free people up, to try and strip away a little bit of that those concerns. And a lot of it does come down to selection consistency. Um, mm. But just to try and push them towards playing a more expressionate game because they might just discover that that's where they find their real kind of peace with the game and, and they find their real ability to be able to handle um, the white noise and the pressures which come. So it doesn't always work um, and it's not, and you've got to mould your, your structure and your, um, your style to each team and different ethnicities and cultures and try and blend all mm. that together. But it is fascinating and, and I am looking forward to getting over there and, and trying to trying to get that job done. Although it is going to be tough leaving, obviously you, my friend, um, and also uh, and also the family for for four weeks or so. But then we'll be back and we'll be ripping into it anyway, mate. Mate, it's like you know, it's like a good good tour. You go away for six weeks and your heart grows fonder, mate. You wait till that first day back on the airways. We the relationship will be blossoming, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Now you got to do what you got to do. You're you're a coach. And I love what you're about, mate. You're going to help people, uh, and, and you're going to, you know, going to the UAE. You've, you've made a commitment, and you're a word of your ma- uh, man of your word. So you got to do it. And I'm looking forward to seeing the successes that you will have over there. Are you playing? When are you playing Flem's team? I want to watch that wee match up. Do you, do you throw a bit of banter to Flem before the game when, before he's playing? Nah, nah, we don't actually. Um, well, you just want, you want your teams to do well, and, and fundamentally, as a coach, your job's done before you start the game. Like you've you've yeah. prepped the team, and, and really, it's a matter of trying to just you don't want to you don't want to give off too much while the game's going on because there's a lot of eyes on you. But fundamentally, you can't actually positively impact the the outcome of the game once the game starts. Anyway, you can negatively impact it by showing emotion and 
and um and and reacting to maybe something which doesn't go right. Which during a cricket game, there's many things which aren't going to go right. Um, hey, so any given your, Sunday, your work's kind of done. So we just enjoy ourselves. Any given any Sunday, given yeah. Sunday, are you an inspirational speech kind of coach, or you just you say your words during the week and then you say nothing on game day? Um. Well, game days sort of we play about four times a week, so you sort of constantly, yeah, um, you know, you're managing that all the way through. But look, I, I like to, I don't mind a quote every now and then, you know, as long as it's yeah. substance, yeah. it's not just a kind of nonsense quote. I don't mind. I think there's some some good meanings in those, and sometimes you can tie them back into what your overall structure and and feel is. Um, I don't know. We'll have to get some of our guys that I've that I've coached on, mate, and and you'll yeah. be able to. You'd be able to probe them. It's hard to identify your own style and and talk about it, isn't it? But I don't know. We'll get I Jimmy Nation on, mate. I want, to, I want to hear these sprays you gave him. <laughs> Lots of carrot for Jimmy Nation. A little bit of stick. Uh, sometimes you don't like using <laughs> the stick, but sometimes sometimes it's an essential part of leadership. Is just keeping people inside a few boundaries as well. I would have loved to have coached you, is because the flair that you bring and the personality that you you've got i love those types of sporting people and personalities and i love surrounding myself with them so i'm very lucky here to be able to have you as co-host and now the leader of baz and izzy for breakfast as they get <laughs> off to the uae anyway it is 6 17 in the morning lots to get through keeping in mind we have to pay the bills as well we turn the lights on every day at ecnz you're listening to baz and izzy for breakfast thanks to chemist warehouse great savings every day <laughs> 23 minutes past six on the first day of spring. 0800 150 is the Kennard's higher phone line. Give us a call. You must be stoked to be in spring. I know I am. Baz, is it a lovely spring day down in Matamata? What's the uh, weather and track conditions, mate? It was dark this morning at four o'clock <laughs> when I left home. It was, uh, it was dark and there was not a car around. Um, I couldn't hear any noises from some of the studs around, but I'm sure there was plenty of action going on. <laughs> Of course, all of well, the... they had a uh, spring in their steppers. They had a spring in their steppers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, so for the, for those out there, the, the breeding season, right, so let, let's just... So in the thoroughbred game, right, so the standard breeds are different. Standard breeds are artificial insemination. Thoroughbreds are our natural, shall we say. So... Mm. They need to wait until the September 1st before they can start breeding. And now all the stallions will now, they'll line their mares up over the next couple of months and they will um, obviously serve those mares and they will cover roughly anywhere from sort of three to four mares a day, each of those stallions. Um, so you, if you can sort of do the numbers on that, you're roughly around, I mean, the best stallions in New Zealand are probably doing somewhere between 120 and and 200 mares over the next little while. And if you do some numbers on that as well, and you mm. think of how much these the are, well, it, again, it depends on, on the value or, or the, um, the quality of the stallion and the, and the performance of the stallion. So, so yeah. I mean, you say a, a $20,000 stud fee. So say you're doing four mares a day for four months a year, or you wouldn't do four months, probably three months. Pretty good numbers, eh? Times 20, 20 grand a, a go. I don't know where you'd sit on the stallion ranks in terms of pricing is, but I'd imagine pretty high. <laughs> They're probably about 1.8 million. 
Well, 20,000 20, if they did. For three you. months. 1.8 million, you reckon? Mate, that, that, that's over a couple of months. Oh, mate, I'd, yeah, I'll just ask my wife, mate. Right, to, at this moment, probably five cents. She absolutely hates my guts. But anyway, we won't go there. It's all right. <laughs> it ain't breeding season in the dag household, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess one of the reasons why the breeding season, why the thoroughbred game and, and the breeding season is so important is because we are literally shaping the the next generation of thoroughbreds so the the time mm. and, and energy and and information which is put into the breeding um structures and, and plans like which mare are you going to send a which stallion what kind of crosses are you looking for there's there's so much data out there as well now where they're trying to run where a lot of the best breeders will will try and uh get certain crosses which have got high percentage of stakes winners or or winners to runners so we're very lucky in New Zealand that they those numbers stack up with anywhere in the world, and and, and you know our our horses have been so dominant um, in Australia in the, in the big races over the last uh, well forever really, um, but particularly in the last few years too. So the the performances that these stallions are putting in now will have massive um, flow on effects for for a few years down the line. And uh, they say mate, good mate, horses who are, come from who are good our major, Who are our major stallions in New Zealand? Who are the, who are the major? Well, look, uh, Savabil at Waikato Studs, he's, he's number one. Um, he's won the yeah. Centaine and the Grosvenor Award um, over the last however many years. Prior to that, it was um, O'Reilly. Um, you've got Zabil, obviously, was uh, before that, Sir Tristan before that. So you, you're two major studs performance-wise in the last probably 10 to 15 years have been Waikato and Cambridge Stud. Um, look, mm. Cambridge had a fantastic result last year with their new their new stallion, El Manzor, at, the, at Karaki, sold through the roof. Um, but honestly, mate, like they, we've got so many good stallions right throughout New Zealand. I mean, Savabil is, is probably the top of the pops at the moment, but you know, I think El Manzor's got a, a huge chance. You've got, um, oh, I mean, there's... There's so many Ifraj has been good down here. Um, what else have we got, Louis? Jeez, mine's gone. Ocean great. Park, mate, was obviously of course, Ocean fa- Park. fantastic. And, and Hello Yumzane um, for Cambridge Stud. That slip bears. That's the real interesting part for me is how you get new stallions into a into an area. So importing them is important as well as homebreds, right? So they, you hear the stories of where they used to, Patrick Hogan and Gary Chittick and Joe Wolves would go and that scare Europe and North America for kind of lines to bring back down here. And and that, like, hello, Yumzam and Almanzor, that, that's so important as well, eh? Yeah, absolutely. It sure is. It's, it's vital because the, the money, the, the cost of these stallions is just so extraordinary that you can shuttle some of these stallions and get access to them, but to be able to buy them outright would just be, it wouldn't be feasible for a lot of the studs around New Zealand. So the shuttling of, of stallions, and also then it gives them the opportunity to be able to kick goals up in the Northern Hemisphere too, um, which obviously adds commercial profile and, um, to a lot of those stallions. So, yeah, we're very lucky here in, here in New Zealand, and um, it's, not a, it's not a cheap game, and it's a, as Gary Chittick mm. once said to me, it's, it's a game where you make haste slowly, um, and it's not. It's not. And there's a great quote. Another great quote. Actually, double eight, double three. Give us your best quotes. I love a quote. But um, make haste slowly, which is uh, which is spot on in the racing game. It's 
it, it can be slow and it can um, take a long time and, and really you need a little bit of safety in numbers, which can cost quite a bit as well. Um, but, you know, we, our breeders, not our horse farmers, but our horse breeders in New Zealand are as good as anyone <laughs> in the world and they're wonderful horse people. Um, and, and we're very lucky to have them and we wish them all the best for their breeding season, which kicks off today, the first day of spring, September the first uh, all the best to all of them they will be busy as will all the stallions as well we've got plenty more coming up we've got a live racing update coming up soon from louis and we've got a bit of quizzy dag after that so looking forward to hearing the quiz master dominate again today but for now it is 6 30 in the morning on baz and izzy for breakfast here's trudy with the news for kubota together we are shaping and building new zealand <laughs> Thank you, Trudy. At 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock, 0800 150 is the Kennard's higher phone line, as I mentioned earlier. Give us a call at any stage just throughout the morning. How stoked are you for it to be spring? Or you might be a horse farmer and you might be getting busy this morning alongside your stallions as they go to work. It's a big day for racing, boys, because we're back, finally, after a, well... A really long couple of weeks if you're a racing tragic in New Zealand. We've had to look to Australia and we've talked a lot about it. But under Alert Level 3, along with a lot, a lot of different um, protocols that have to be followed, we will get racing. Now, I'm not going to go through all the protocols, but if you go to loveracing.nz, they are racing's biggest fa- fan. And on their homepage, there is an NZTR update with everything you need. So if you're traveling or if you're trying to get horses across a border for races, I'm sure you are up to date. But if you're not, go have a look and just double check you know what's going on. As far as racing, well, Ash Burden, they are running down there. 11 race card, a mix of uh, maidens, uh, rating 65s and a couple of rating 74s. And two, in Baz's hometown, Matamata, they are racing today, which is great to see and there's some nice little fields I think it might be a tricky day on the the punt I think back to it's not quite the same as when we came back from last time because then you didn't know which horses were fit which horses had uh, treadmills on the property or had water walkers to use I think that Chrissy Banbury she came out of the gates because her horses had that residual fitness they were being worked so it it could it won't be that difficult because it's different because the horses were being worked during this time But I'm curious to know from Andrew Scott later on, lads, how much fitness will come into play today if you're having a punt and and how you work that out if you're a punter. As I say, some nice fields. Race nine for me, a horse called Platform from the Wexford Stables with Aaron Layton claiming from barrier nine. It's one, two on the trot. It goes up a grade, $3.50, $1.60. I'm very curious to see what Andrew Scott has to say about this. But for racing fans around the country and, and racing industry people, well done. We've made it. Cards at Ashburton and Matter Matter today to sink our teeth into it's it's great news, isn't it, Baz? Yeah, it sure is. And yeah, platform looks a good bet. I'm sure Andrew Scott will give us the steer on that one when he comes on a little bit later in the show. Erin Layton, she she can ride too, claiming three kilos far out. She's she's at a she's at a bumper year already, actually. So three dollars fifty, pretty good money. We'll ask maybe ask Paulie Moate if there's any bonus back options later on on the card at Matter Matter. Wouldn't that be a little treat for us all? But it's a shame because it's only probably as a crow flies three kilometres from a house, Matter Matter racetrack. So I'm going to have to turn the TV on and and watch 
rather than having to wander down and, and, uh, and check it out live. But hey, at least racing is back. And that is a very, very good thing for our industry. Uh, just one quick one on the breeding game as well. Gestational period for a horse, 11 months, 11 days, which is a little bit different to the humans. So there you go, 11 months, 11 days. And slightly different to the humans as well. They can be served not that long after they have given birth. Food for thought. Um, so anyway, matter matter today, <laughs> we will uh, we'll hopefully find ourselves a little winner. I know, Is you're big on finding a winner. Yesterday I tipped one out to you over in Morumaruya, race four, a horse called Riverstock. And former Kiwi bred horse, Tavistock, massive run. Massive runners, <laughs> but it ran second. Chuck, chuck, chuck my $30 bonus bet on that, mate. But that's okay. That's racing, and, and you know, we can't expect you to get it right every single day. But you came second, so you delivered on that, and I chucked my bonus bet. Mm. That's okay. I'll chuck a wee bit on today because I'm excited about some racing back in New Zealand. And I know I want to ask you this question. Well, the, these last couple of weeks, it wasn't ideal. So we shouldn't expect big big things out of these uh, the horses over the next couple of weeks or days, couple of weeks, uh, as in performance-wise. So this might be a great opportunity for some juicy, juicy odds, some really, you know, juicy odd winners to come in and, and maybe get those kind of winners out there. So I reckon I'm 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 right for Madam Madam Ashburn. I'm going to be tuning right in, but oh, sounds like a busy hour in front of the in front <laughs> of the box, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tip you out another one later on as well, is but it's actually over in Australia again. So we'll try and okay, get a bit of a steer okay. from Andrew Scott into what we can punt at Matamata today, and then I'll try and tip you out one a little bit later on over in Australia. A couple of texts here. El Rocker doing good things in Asia as a stallion. Yep, spot on. El Rocker is doing good things, and I went completely blank before on on our stallion. So my apologies. We've obviously lost a couple of well, a fair few of. Um, Know some breed shapers over the last little while. Like I start obviously lost um, Sacred Falls recently. Pins not that long ago as well. And then Cambridge Strut Stud had a had a wretched run where they lost um, Tavistock and Roaring Lion, who would have been just an absolute hit down here in the in the Southern Hemisphere as well. And then they lost Burgundy. And but we do have some unbelievable stallions. I'll go into those a little bit later on. And here's a quick quote: Morning team, loving the show. Here's my quote: Whatever the mind can conceive and believe. The mind can achieve. Well, you need to harness that sort of mindset and maybe give us a call on 0800 150 811 because you're going to need all of your mind's power to overcome what's coming up next, which is a quiz master. The is master is quizzy dag. You can win yourself a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Give us a call 0800 150 811. Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> Morena, morena, you know what time it is. I've got an absolute doozy for you today. Uh, yeah, I think it might take a few callers to get through this one and a bit of help of 
our good friend Google. Here we go, number one. What's the names? Oh, Tim. Good morning, Tim. Sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> good, mate. I nearly did a quiz without you, mate. Yeah, good, good, mate. How are you? Good. All good. Here we go, mate. Question number one. What's the names of the two new teams competing in Super Rugby Pacific? Um, Five, four, three, two. Oh, no, I can't remember, one. mate. Sorry. Sorry, Tim. Sorry, Timmy. Next time, brother. Craig. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Morena, brother. Here we go. Question number one. What's the names of the two new teams competing in the Super Rugby Pacific competition? Five, Yo. four, three, Yo. two, one. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Go on, Craigie, you're gone. See you, mate. Richie, good morning. Great chat. Morning. <laughs> good morning, Richie. Here we go. Question number one, mate. What's the names of the two new teams competing in the Super Rugby Pacific competition? Five. Fiji, Drua and Pacific Moana. Yeah, I'll give you that, mate. I'll give you that. Question number two. Right? Which silver... F- yeah, it is. Pacifica Moana. It's actually Moana Pacifica, but, I, you know, you got both of them. Just round the wrong way. Google must have had it round the wrong way. Anyway, here we go. Question number two. Which <laughs> silver fern legend joined the magic on Monday? Katrina Rory. Yep. Here we go. Question number three. Who's the reigning women's champion of the U.S. Tennis Open? Naomi Osaka. Yes, yes, well done, well done. Here we go. Question number four. William Steadman won his second medal in 24 hours in the Paralympics yesterday in the 400 metre and which other event? Five, four. The long jump. Three. Yes, here we go, here we go. Okay, to bring it home, mate. Good, Good answering, mate. Here we go. Question number five, Richie. Glenn Turner is considered one of New Zealand's finest batsmen. Which English county team did he play for? Five, four, three, two, one. Gloucestershire. Boom. Eh? No. Sorry, mate. Sorry, brother. Next time, bro. Nearly there, Richie. Adam. How you going, bro? Morning, Adam. How you going, brother? Question number five, mate, to win that $50. Bonus bet voucher courtesy of 10 TAB. Glenn Turner is considered one of New Zealand's finest batsmen. Which county in English? Which English county team did he play for? Uh, Three, thinking, two, thinking one. Yorkshire. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Gonna have to move on. Kevin. Kevin. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, mate. Question number five. Glenn yep. Turner is considered one, considered one of New Zealand's finest batsmen. Which English county team did he play for? Five, oh, God. four, um, three, two. Dang. Sorry, mate. Good question. Good question. Jordan, Jordan. Good morning, Jordan. Oh, morning, James. Has he timed it right? Glenn Turner is considered one of New Zealand's finest batsmen. Which English county team did he play for? Five. Four. Uh, was it Worcestershire? Yes. Yes. Well done, Jordan. <laughs> that was an absolute 
doozy today. The phone lines are running absolutely hot. Thank you, Quizzy Dag. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome, you're welcome. Enjoy your rest of your day. Spend it wisely. There you go, Baz. Well done. It is great quiz. That's a great last question as well. It's sort of dialing it back a little bit. So congratulations on another extraordinary, extraordinary quiz, my friend. And well done to Kevin on that $50 TAB bonus bet. Listen, later on for a little tip, we might be able to, well, times are by four, because it's paying four to one, the tip I'm going to throw out later on is, oh, right in your dirty. wheelhouse, right in your <laughs> wheelhouse. Well, we've got plenty more coming up, but uh, just a quick shout out as well, Dale Stain, Dale Stain, the great South African quick, retired overnight over in South Africa, of course, 93 test matches, 439 test wickets, put that in context, the great Sir Richard Hadley. Played 86 test matches and took 431 test wickets. Uh, he is standing right up there alongside some of the game's mm. greats, and especially what he did in terms of bowling fast. He was box office at the top of his game. He held the number one test bowler ranking for 263 weeks straight, which for a fast bowler is quite extraordinary. He also he averaged 22.95, 26 five-wicket bags, five ten-wicket bags, and he also played 125 one day as 47 T20s and a raft of franchise cricket all around the world. But it is Dale Stane, the Test match, Tearaway Quick, who we all will remember and who has etched his name in the history books of Test cricket. So big shout out to Dale Stane and wish you all the best, my friend, on the next stage of your career. It is coming up 10 minutes to 7 here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. Five minutes away from the news with Trudy. Double eight, double three is the text number. Please get in touch with us at any stage. There's a couple of good ones there we'll get to before the end of the hour. When you text, well, you could be our texter of the month, which we'll announce on Friday, only two days' time. So keep texting, and you could win a $10,000 temper bed that you could be sleeping in. And, and boy, wouldn't that make level four or three a lot easier. Overnight, though, one of our great athletes, Sophie Pascoe, is he? She's just, she's done it again, hasn't she? She's done it again, mate, winning, winning her 10th gold medal, uh, 18th overall. She's still got a few events coming up. Um, look, it hasn't been smooth sailing uh, for Sophie Pascoe, as we know, as we know at the moment. She's, uh, she, she's let all her emotions and feelings out, and we've got a little clip to share that little, little insight with you. I went into this one, um, re- I went into it confident. Um, Matt and I came up with a race plan. I know Matt was talking to Rolly back at home um, and we went through it. And the race plan was just to really keep that kick compact and pick up that stroke rate in that last 10 and it was going to come down to that last 10. As you've seen, that's where um, my drop-off has been and and my training has proved, obviously, um, where that last 10 has been a real struggle. And But I've come into this meet the best shape um, physically and mentally as much as I can um, to be standing behind these blocks so if you know we were to go back another year uh, back a year and it was still going ahead a very different story but right now it's not about that it's about the here and now and just making it and knowing that I wanted to podium for each event uh, this one year just obviously is very special in terms of just touching that world I didn't even know where I was it was just focusing on the black line and then when I looked up, it was just pure amaze. I actually couldn't believe it. 
I'm, I'm just genuinely so happy. I'm so proud. I'm so proud of myself from where I've come from over this past year and a half. Um, my closest support team knows where I've been and and how much it's taken to get to, to be here, even standing here, and that was an achievement in itself. Just to come away with a gold, really special. I'm really proud, and I'm a proud Kiwi, and I was just so proud standing up there tonight knowing that you know, so many people have been part of this. Wow. Absolutely wow, mate. The, the emotion that Sophie was showing and sharing with us. Thank you so much for sharing with that, that with us, Sophie. It really uh, hits home what it really means to, to you and not only yourself, all your fellow athletes around uh, New Zealand and whoever in Tokyo that are representing us with extreme pride and, and, and doing us so proud. Um, look, that's the thing from the outside looking in, Bears. Like we see all these athletes, and you know, there's obviously a lot of lot of talk around it. Um, but the outside looking, everyone just thinks everything's smooth sailing, and and uh, you know, everything's judged on performances. And we don't know what what Sophie's been going through, and I, I bet she's probably fighting a lot of inner demons, and and probably gone through her own struggles over the last year. COVID hasn't helped with preparations, um, but mate. Super, super proud of her. Her 10th gold medal, um, her 18th overall. Mate, she'll get a sore neck if she puts all those on at once. What an unbelievable <laughs> athlete. Uh, we're so proud of her. Not only her, William Steadman overnight, 20, 24 hours picking up his second medal. But how awesome was that? A little insight to Sophie Pascoe, mate. Yeah, it was awesome, actually, mate. And I've never seen, and I'm sure none, none, uh, no Kiwis have ever seen that level of emotion which was seen out of Sophie Pascoe mm. over the last... 48 hours, obviously the disappointment of, of the previous um, circumstance and, and now the elation and the, and just pure um, emotion of being able to achieve what, she, what she's done. So it's just a, it's a fascinating insight into, as you said, what what it means to these athletes and, and congratulations to Sophie. As someone who's been there, done it so many times and still to hear that level of emotion out of her is, is fantastic. So it's, it's a great clip as well. So... Thank you to uh, to everyone for putting that one together. And hopefully we've still got a few more golds to come as well over there in Tokyo with our Paralympian side. So congratulations to everyone and best wishes to those who are coming up as well. Right, it is, speaking of coming up, it's coming up to 7 o'clock, which means for Baz and Izzy for breakfast, it means that we've got the news coming up. But gee, you might have to have a little drive through at McCafe later on today for a little McCafe coffee. Till then, though, here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning. Morena, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is just after 7 o'clock in the morning on the 1st of September. It is the first day of spring. It is the first day of breeding in the horse world. So all the horse trainers and breeders out there will be Happy this day has come around. My good friend opposite the camera from me is very, very happy. And uh, we've had a great morning so far. We've chatted about the legend that is Sophie Pascoe. I've got an unbelievable text message that's just come in bears. Sophie is an absolute legend. My 10-year-old daughter idolises her, which I'm pretty happy about. As Sophie is a bloody great role model for any kid. And I will agree with that. She is an absolute champion. And we love what Sophie Pascoe is about. So, mate, it's been a great, great morning so far. What we've got coming up in the next hour, we've got Christopher Clary out of the United States. He's going to be chatting all things US Open tennis 
and what's going on over in the US Open. And then we've got Andrew Scott coming up just after 7.40. He is a horse trainer. He is just moving into Matamata to the, the private estate. It is Bearsville. And he will be giving us some insights <laughs> to what goes on in the training world. And, and we're happy. How happy is he that racing is back today? We've got meetings in Matamata. We've got a meeting in Ashburton. So awesome, awesome work. New Zealand Racing and New Zealand Racing fans will be very happy. But it's uh, been a great morning, Bears. I'll hand over to you because you are our US Open tennis correspondent. Why, thank you, Izzy. And now I want to keep the quote thing going as well. So I've got another one. This one sums up you as... Turn your face to the sun and your shadows will fall behind you. There you go. That's a sun. That sums up Izzy Dag for us. Anyway, we're going to run on. Speaking of sun and speaking of some shadows, well, finally we've got some crowds over in Flushing Meadows this time around. And our correspondent, over, well, we're going to call him our correspondent, but he's actually the New York Times tennis correspondent. <laughs> and we appreciate him joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. And I think he's on... A bus over there with plenty of people around it, but hopefully you can hear us. Good morning, Christopher. I can hear you. I can hear you fine, despite the bus noise. But if I'm going to be your tennis court, <laughs> oh. I'll be looking for my paycheck. My paycheck every week. I want to be. I want to be seeing that every week. Oh, <laughs> that's <pretty good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why. I back, that's why I backtracked. I realised that our budget's a little skinny to be getting such a, a fine tennis correspondent. Plus, the US dollar's a bit strong for us too. But anyway, mate, you must love this time of year. Yeah, it's, I gotta tell you, as you guys were talking about earlier, you know, between the poetry, that was some nice poetry there. I was, I was enjoying that. But the, uh, <laughs> the way it is over here, it's, it's like, it's like a real shot in the arm. No pun intended, in the sense that people are back here at the U.S. Open. <laughs> it's been a tough time over here in the U.S. And basically, maybe the pun was intended, but the, um, the fact of it is, you know, it's just last year was dead. There was nobody here. It was totally uh, players playing to piped in applause it was very artificial i don't think anybody liked it and now this year you know for better or worse we'll see how things go they have uh, new regulations in place for the vaccines you got to have a vaccine to get in the stadium now but the you know, crowds yesterday were huge just massive and then that like sort of changing of the guard at the night session when the afternoon session fans are leaving and the night session fans are coming in it was just like old times so i just fingers crossed everything's going to stay safe Chris, we'll get on to the tennis and see. Just, I want to pick up on that point you made about you need a vaccine to get into the stadium. How do you prove that? Do, do you scan something? Like, how how do they? How does that actually work? Well, it's interesting because I've been, I was quarantined or isolated for a long time. You know, for over a year, I wasn't traveling, but I went back out on the road for the French Open tennis and Wimbledon, and then the Open golf in uh, at Sandwich this year. And the Brits, they were doing it with uh, you know, the, the mobile phone. You had it on your phone. You had a proof of vaccination. It was a, a scan code. The U.S. were a little behind the, the Euros on that one. So basically people have their vaccination card most of the time. There are some apps that will help you do it. But you got to show it at the entrance. And if you don't have it, you don't get in. And obviously the kids who are under 12 have to have a, uh, a proof of a, a negative test to get in, too. So it's a, they weren't going to do that. And they changed their rules because of some uh, – Talks for the mayor's office here. It changed about 48 hours before the tournament. So some people have been scrambling, but it sure didn't affect the crowd yesterday. It was packed, packed to the rafters. Well, that's good because the best players in the world, we, we come from different sports, but we appreciate what the crowd can do when, when you're talking competition. And one of the biggest stars in the world, Novak Djokovic, is, he starts his campaign today, this morning at 11 a.m. He's, he's trying to become the first 
uh, men's player since Rod Laver, 1969, to complete the clean sweep of Grand Slam titles and move past Federer and Nadal. What's the eerie feeling? Is there some expectation that, that he can achieve it? You know, guys, I've been covering tennis and sport for 30-plus years. I've never seen a Grand Slam. Um, I started right after Stephanie Graff did hers in 88. So I would love to see it. I think it's a big deal. I hope the people in the sports world around the world make it a big deal if he does it because, frankly, nobody's even come close on the men's side since labor. Nobody's even won Mm. three of the legs until now. And what's it been, 52 years? So that's a big deal to me. I I think it's such a hard sport with all the – travel around the world, all the change in surfaces and all the ups and downs throughout the year. So it would be a huge achievement. I think he's, he's in good position to do it. But, you know, these younger guys are improving. One of them could certainly take him out down the stretch. And he, you know, he, I think he might have peaked a little early this year. So he'll have to do it, you know, with all his experience and his resilience, of which he has plenty. But I think it's going to be a heck of a, a home stretch. You spoke about young guys. Uh, you know, no, no Jet Djokovic. Who's his biggest threat for this, this tournament? Well, you know, there are really three guys who've kind of proven themselves now. I mean, you've got Daniel Medvedev, the Russians, on the other side of the mm. draw, so he's seated second. He's a great hardcore player. A lot of people thought when he played Novak in the Australian Open final back in February that he would really, you know, threaten him because he'd beaten him before, but he ended up getting routed by Novak. But I'm, I'm not sure the situation is quite the same now. I would give Medvedev a good shot if they get to the final together. Alexander Zverev just beat Novak best three at the Olympics in semis in three sets, and he's looking very confident, won pretty easily today against the tough guy Sam Querrey from the U.S., so he's a threat. He could play him in the semis. And then you got guys like Berrettini and Tsitsipas, who are young guys as well. Mm. Berrettini, the Italian, played Novak at Wimbledon in the final, and Tsitsipas is the Greek who's you know kind of like the closest game to Federer of anybody with a one-handed backhand. He's dangerous too. So there's, a, there's four guys there that I think are, are real threats to Novak if he plays them. Oh, I want to ask you about Nick Kyrgios. Another wee emotional performance yesterday. Uh, gets pretty lippy and, and wears his heart on his sleeve. How's he been perceived around the tennis world? Because all we hear is, is the things that we see on the media. Is he actually not liked that much? Well, Nick has taken on some of his peers, you know, during the, especially during the pandemic. He's kind of gone after him and said you know, they, they, were, they shouldn't be organizing things or playing out there. He went after Novak and his, his, uh, his tour, his Adria tour, which a bunch of players tested positive, including Novak back in kind of the peak pandemic period in Europe. And Nick, you know, he's not afraid of anybody or anything. He goes after him. Mm. I'm not going to make you popular with your peers, for sure. You guys don't like being called out in public like that. But let me tell you one thing. I haven't talked to Federer or interviewed him a lot. Talked to Nadal and Djokovic. I think they're all... Uh, nobody wants to play him, huh? He had a tough loss last night. Probably was most lopsided loss in a slam recently. Went down in the first round late night, which is usually Kyrgios' time of night. On a fast court and played Bautista. Spain, who's a very good player, and Bautista just absorbed his power and knocked him out in straight sets. That was disappointing for Nick, I think. But the guy has so much ability, but at the moment, I just don't see him being somebody who'll be able to have that consistency he needs to be a Grand Slam champion. Huh? Mm. Talking to Christopher Cleary out of the States, of course, Flushing Meadows going on, the US Open underway. And, mate, you, well, not only are you the New York Times t- tennis correspondent, but you've also just recently. Uh, written the book The Master, which is the book on the great Roger Federer. You mentioned him before. What just an amazing individual he is. And, and how, how, how was that process, and, and did you enjoy going through it all? Yeah, it was kind of a lifelong dream of mine to write a, you know, a real uh, big publisher book. And 
It's called The Master. It's the brilliant career of Roger Federer. It's actually out in New Zealand for a couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, it's based on 20 years of interviews with Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. It's kind of an account of his whole career and his process, how he became a champion. He had a lot of harder time than people realize, I think, making that transition. And it kind of recounts this whole amazing era in men's tennis, which they're calling the golden era, and I agree. It's been one of the best eras in any sport with these guys going at it for 15 years at each other and these rivalries. And I was really – I got some great access to Roger along the way of my reporting. I really think he's a remarkable person, a remarkable champion, and he's a, there's a lot to learn from him for all of us, not just for sports stars. Yeah, we, I love what he's about. He's an absolute family man. I love how his wife is at every single game. Mate, Roger Ferrer, he came back from a knee injury. Can he get back to the heights that he has achieved over his uh, career? If he does, guys, it'll be one of the greatest achievements ever in sport to come back at that stage. He's 40 years old, like you say. and mm. I don't see it myself. I think he, I think his, his best days are, are behind him now, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book now, to kind of look back in a nostalgic way about all he's achieved. But if he pulls it off, he loves the game. He's an optimist. He's a, obviously a freak in terms of his ability to uh, still move well at his age, but it's a lot to ask. Tennis doesn't usually come back to you right away. He'll have missed a lot of time in the last two or three years. Mm. Well, Christopher, we're going we're gonna to let you go in a sec, mate, but we really do appreciate um, you taking the time to, to chat to us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast as well. Just before we do let you go, Ash Barty, she should be just about playing live as we're chatting. Can we just ask you quickly about Ash Barty and, and what her expectations will be in this tournament? Yeah, Ash is up playing well right now against Vera Zvonareva, who's a, a very veteran player from Russia. And Ash is, uh, I think, at the peak of her career right now. Got the confidence from winning Wimbledon. She's really, uh, I think, matured, grown up. That time she spent in Australia when she couldn't get on tour last year with the pandemic, I think, gave her a real appetite for the game. I love her tennis. She's a classy person. Um, I think she's somebody who really could grow the game if she has some longevity in it. She's somebody who really, uh, I think people are going to respect and learn to appreciate more and more as time goes on. But she's got all the shots, guys. You know, got the drop shots, the drive, the chip backhand, two-handed drive, great serve, volleys. She's a complete player. So that's great to see in the women's game, you know. And a former cricketer to boot as well, of course, playing for the Brisbane Heat over there in Australia in the women's big bash. She won the first set 6-1. She's tied in the second 3-all. But, Christopher, mate, we really appreciate you joining us. We know you're a busy man. You've got plenty on on the go and and we thank you heaps and we wish you all the best as well with with your book the master on the great roger Federer. and thanks for taking the time to chat to us hey guys it's a pleasure to speak to anybody who comes from one of the best countries on the planet so my pleasure <laughs> oh, legend legend thank you mate that was christopher clary who is the new york times tennis correspondent over there at flushing meadows and of course the author of the master a book on roger federer which is out here in New Zealand. It's been out here for a couple of weeks, he said, so that might be a nice little nice little gift to be able to pass some time while you're in lockdown if you can get your hands on that at any stage. But some interesting insights, and uh, it's an interesting... Uh, Roger Federer, we know where he sits. What what he mentioned about mm. Novak Djokovic, just the, the size of what... the magnitude of what he can achieve in the next few days if he's able to... or in the next week or so if he's able to to claim that title. He's already won three of uh, the four um, Grand Slam events. If he's able to achieve that, is that is just... I mean, that, that's a his, his, history-making moment, right? Like that's that's 
it's massive. Even he said it himself. He's been covering it for what the best part of forty odd years or thirty odd years. Never seen it. Wow. It's the sixties. Last time was Rod Laver over in Melbourne, the great Australian. Um, was the last one back in the sixties. So man, that'll be huge. And I'm, I'm loving this competition between these top top line tennis players. You got Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer. Hopefully he can come back. I can't see it happening with his age, but um, he's still got game. Uh, and then you got um, Novak Djokovic. I love seeing those boys go to battle on the court. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, tennis fan, but I really enjoy top athletes and, and how they go about their work, and, and those guys are right up there. Oh, I like tennis. I'm not, I, wouldn't, I don't watch a lot of tennis, but I like playing tennis. Mm. I'm going to put mm. a court in at some stages. If we can, maybe if the punt gets up this afternoon, we can put a, we can put a <laughs> tennis court in here and matter, matter. What do you reckon? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Volley up and we can work on your serve and volley. You won't be able to handle that first serve, mate. Right, back back right, <laughs> mate. Back right. See ya. Back right. There you go. Izzy Dag on the charge with the serve, the big tennis serve. 7.17 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. That was Christopher Cleary out of the US Open chat. So anyway, it's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 22 and a half minutes past 7 o'clock this morning on the first day of spring. So welcome to that and welcome to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 0800 150 is the Kennard's Hire phone line. You just heard Christopher Clary talk about where Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic, they all stack up in, in history and what Novak is, is attempting to do. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you do you rate Novak in that top band with Roger Federer? Because you know what he's going to achieve, it might be insurpassable really. Give us a call on that Kenneth's High phone line, 0800 150 811. But there's been plenty of rugby news going on over the last 24 hours, is he? There has, there has, with the news coming out of Chiefs Manaville that Joshuani has just signed for the Chiefs, which is a great pickup for them, actually. Um, great news from Trudy throughout the, the news bulletins that Damian McKenzie will not be featuring in the Chiefs uh, squad next year. So, they needed a player. They were looking for another player to fill in that void. That is Damian McKenzie, and he is irreplaceable. He's played 95 games for the Chiefs. The experience is a huge loss for them. But a guy like Joshuani, this is this is the perfect opportunity for Joshuani. He is he is he was an All Black 2019. He's gone away. He hasn't achieved those heights that he was able to achieve in 2019 on the field. On the field, I don't think it's the problem. On the field, he's got all the skills. He's got everything to be out, to be an amazing player. And when he is out there on the field, he, he nails it. He does a great job. He does a really great job when he's on the field. For me, it's off the field. And what I'm hearing is that um, that was probably one of the main reasons of his departure from the Hollanders uh, this year. Um, you look back to the last couple of years, the major talking points off the field for the Hollanders, the incidents that had happened, um, Joshuani was was involved in that. Not 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 saying it was his fault, but he was kind of 
throwing himself into those little situations. So for me, on the field, take care of himself. If he off the field, if he can sort it out and, and he can, um, you know, make some great decisions. I know he'll be in Hamilton. He'll be closer to his family, um, closer to his support networks. And um, if he can really nail that, then this is a, a fresh start for Joshuani and this is what he needs. So I can actually see him and the Chiefs thriving and getting Joshuani back to the height. Uh, I think he's only mid twenties, so he might be like twenty three. So he's young. He's he's very young. Mm. He's a young kid, twenty three, twenty four. Um, so mate, he has got a huge future ahead of him, and and that's the thing. Like these, he is still young, and we all make mistakes. I'm not sitting here on my high horse. I've made plenty of mistakes, and uh, all you need is a is a new fresh start. I feel, and a fresh start for him is at the Chiefs, and this would be a great opportunity. He's going to get great game time there with with Damien McKenzie gone. Um, so game time's not an issue. So uh, looking forward to seeing how Josh Uwani, and then you flip it on the other side, mate, and then you look at a Hondas, they've lost a ton of experience. They've only got Mitch Hunt there at the moment playing first five. Uh, this, they got Connor Bishop, Connor Garden Bishop, he is playing fullback. Before he got injured last year, he was absolutely outstanding. He got Rookie of the Year in the Super Rugby Aotearoa competition. Um, so they were looking for another first five. And then who do they get? I heard the great Marty Banks. The great Marty Banks, he's come back from two years in Japan, uh, playing for the Red Hurricanes over there, and uh, he's come back to New Zealand. And I was listening to him last night on the Beaver Show, mate, and this sums up Marty. So uh, uh, Tony Brown gave him a call, says he's keen. He says, yep. And then what he said last night, he said, hey, mate, like, it'll be easy for me. I'm an older guy. I'm 30. I'm towards probably, you know, the end of my career. But he's gone. He said last night on the Beaver Show, he's not going there to make up numbers. Yes, Mitchell Hunt has been the 10. He has been the player. For the last couple of years, but I love what he said last night. He's not going there to make up numbers. He is going to push Mitchell Hunt to the brink. He's going to push for an opportunity to play in that, that first five position. He wants to play 10, and um, I can just, mate, that is a great acquisition for for um, for the Hondas. He's played there a few times, and you look back to 2015 when uh, he played for them, and that was their only title they've ever won in, in Wellington. He kicked those goals, mate. He's got ice in his veins. He's got a ton of experience, so it's a great, great pickup for for the Hondas bringing the old Marty Banks back from the brink of Japan and all his yen. So, uh, great news, mate. <laughs> and all his yen, that's right. Mate, I just want to focus on Josh Wani for a minute. Uh, Louis mm. Centuri is 26 years of age. So, look, uh, oh, I'm all about cutting cutting guys some slack. And, and look, uh, have a look at Reese Walsh. There was something obviously over in the Broncos, which they weren't quite happy with, with Reese Walsh. It might have been mm. he was young, he might have challenged a little bit much, but we've seen the upside of him on the field given an opportunity. Now, with Joshua, he's, he's made the decision to move. I'm going to go back to that quote, yeah. the teacher will appear when the student is ready. Okay? Now, he needs to be ready. He can't keep bouncing between environments. He can't keep... Mm. Um, at some stage, he needs to put his hand up and say, I want to make this my career. I want to make an impact on the teams that I play yeah. with. And I want to, I'm prepared to sacrifice some of the things. I can still have my personality. I can still have my, my, my funk about me, um, my flair about me. But at some point, I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to try and win titles for these teams. And I'm going to put aside some of the stuff which, which may not have been the case in a, in a younger age. And, and look, he's done a remarkable job to be involved in the game up to this point. But gee, at 26, mm. what an opportunity to just say, you know what? In the next five years, I'm going to commit everything I've got to making this my 
making the next five years uh, a really impactful five years on my career because talent's unquestionable, right? And he's going to have some plenty of support networks around him, um, but ultimately uh, he's got to be prepared to do it himself would be my advice. So I'd be interested to talk to Flem about it later on because I trust his judgment on things like this and, and uh, as I know you do. So be a fascinating chat hey, perhaps with Flem. Oh, 100%. And, um, yeah, I just think back to a young Izzy when I was in, in the Highlanders. Like, I went through the same little situations that Joshua and he's gone through. I made some, some bad mistakes. And you're right, mate. It comes down to you and what you want and what you, you know. You're the one that's making those decisions. You're the ones that's, you know, putting a beer in your hand. You're the one that's going out past curfew. You know what's going on, and you're right. You've just got to make those decisions. And it's not even a sacrifice, mate. It's your career. It's your future. It's your, it's your job. If you put everything, all your time and effort into this little small window, rugby career is only a twelve yeah twelve year window max. You know, if you're good enough. Mm. If you put all your effort into that, mate, the world's your oyster. Anything is possible. And um, if I can do it, mate, anyone can. So Joshuani, go there, put your head down, and get back to the heights that you were before, mate, because you've got amazing talent. Yeah, here. As Mike Sandal, the manager of the New Zealand cricket team, once said to me, nothing ever good happens after midnight and don't do anything that lands you on the front page of the papers. It is 7.30 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. 28 minutes away from 8 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks for the news, Trudy. Now, it is... Well, round one at the US Open, and Ash Barty, after doing it very easy against Zvonareva in the first set, 6-1. The second set is tied up at five apiece, although Zvonareva is serving, and she is up 40-30. So, there you go, 6-5. So, if Ash Barty can hold her serve, we'll be going to a tiebreaker there. Novak Djokovic. He is going to be on centre court later on as he starts his campaign. You heard Christopher Clary talk about what he's trying to do. He has been reporting on tennis for a very long time and he's never seen the Grand Slam. So that is pretty much tells you all you need to know about how big of an achievement that would be. Over in the footballing world, wow, transfers are going crazy. I just read that maybe the Mbappe signing will have to wait and Real Madrid will have to pay. So that is one worth uh, following on PSG, they're holding on to hope that they can keep some cash for Kylian Mbappe and Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, it was the story of the weekend, wasn't it, guys? How about this? He said, and Izzy, this might get you a little bit giddy, so just stay seated, please. Back, He mm. says he's back where I belong, and he has dedicated his return to the club to former boss Sir Alex Ferguson. Everyone who knows me knows I'm knows about my never-ending love for Manchester United. The years I spent in this club were absolutely amazing, and the path we've made together is written in gold letters in the history of this great and amazing institution. I can't even start to explain my feelings right now as I see my return to Old Trafford announced worldwide. I think that'll be giving shivers down United fans all around the world, won't it, Izzy? Oh, mate, you've just put me in the back of my seat and I'm just reminiscing. I was watching uh, Manu's Instagram just before we came in here today and they were going through all Cristiano Ronaldo's goals and, mate, there were some absolute doozies. On the, I, 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 I ask you to go have a look at the Manu's uh, Instagram stories. They are freakish amazing and I hope he, he can get back to those heights not only that, I just just want to see him. Then that was back in the day when he had 
curly hair and he was a young little baby face Cristiano Ronaldo and now he's gone on to buy every Bucati car in the world and living on private jets and you know staying on super yachts but now he is mate he is an absolute superstar I'm so pumped can't wait to download FIFA on the PlayStation and start getting back to the heights that was Manchester United back in the day so huge huge news what else we got Beza? Uh, well, I'm just see Leeds have signed Daniel James from Man U, so you get, you lose Daniel James, but you get Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> so there you go, not a bad little ups up spec from uh, from the Man U bosses there. But uh, look, uh, I think it's great. It's great for football. It's great for for that club as well. And it just didn't see it coming, mate. That's the thing. Mm. It's like in this in this crazy world that we live in now, where nothing is able to be kept from anyone. They pulled off one of the all-time heists when it comes to um, top-end commodities in the footballing world, which is Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo. And I saw something last night where the impact of Ronaldo's signing compared to Messi's signing. We thought Messi was a big story heading to PSG. Mm. We thought that was a huge story. Well, the Ronaldo one is that and that again, if that makes sense. It is that big, it's, and the impact is huge, and it's just made... Such such reverberations around um, the the footballing world and the and the world that is the media which surrounds football as well. So just an incredible heist and one that no one ever saw coming. I love those kind of stories. But uh, hopefully for your lot, you're good enough to run second to the great Tottenham Hotspurs in this this edition of the <laughs> English Premier League, mate. I wish you all the best. I look forward to the times uh, when we're, the Spurs play Man U. How good's that going to be? We can have a little October, wager on it, perhaps. October 11th, bud. October 11th. You better be back. And we're going to go in the studio and we're going to watch it together and we're going to get our supporters' shirts on and we're going to really, really get amongst it, mate. One match. Well, I tell you what, if you, can have a, if you can have a yarn to the Prime Minister for us to just get the old quarantine cut back a little bit, then I'll be able to join you in the studio. Otherwise, I'll be doing it from a hotel room somewhere. So I'll leave that one at your in your very capable hands, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> it's well, seven thirty-seven. If anyone can get it done, it's you. <laughs> oh, I think no. I think the old um, the influence has definitely dropped a little bit. Eh? I think uh, back in the day, I used to be able to get a couple of things done. But do you reckon they're listening? Whether it's, whether it's do you reckon they've listened? Maybe it's just I don't know whether <laughs> it's my star has waned or or maybe things have swung. To the left rather than the right. I don't really know. And as the, the quote from Craig says, when nothing is going right, go left. I don't think so. I prefer <laughs> the other way. 7.37 in the morning. And this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. 17 minutes away from 8 o'clock. And double eight double three is our text number. Racing returns today at Ashburton and Matamata after a long wait. What are you guys punting? Yeah, have, you, have you done your form? I bet you have. So don't hold out. Double eight double three. I need all the help I can get. So flick us a text. What are you punting? And you could be our texter of the month. And that gets announced on Friday. And they will be winning a $10,000 temper bed to sleep in for text of the month. So double eight double three. Baz, you must just be frothing for today. I can't wait, mate. Racing here in New Zealand. How good is that? Finally, I've been calling for it for a long time. <laughs> and, well, well, it wasn't level four. We had to wait for the level change. But we got the level change, and now we're up and running. We're doing so down the road at the local racetrack here at Matamata and also down in Ashburton. Now, we're joined this morning by a very, very, 
fun guest. He's gonna he's gonna bring a little bit of energy for us, a lot of in, entertainment, and hopefully tip us into a, a couple of winners. He's a training partner of Hall of Famer Lance O'Sullivan at Wexford Stables. Now, just doing a bit of research, I said to Lance, you got any oil for us on Scotty? Andrew Scotty, you got any oil for us? And he said, well, ask him this. You've got a segment on your show called Country Clueless. Ask him this. There we said, he's in charge of all the old cows living at Wexford. If you had Hereford ginger calves this year, and they went to a black bull. So he's got a little bit of explaining to do. On the phone now, out of matter matter, is Andrew Scott. Good morning, Scotty. Outstanding with an intro. Oh, you've got me speechless. That is outstanding. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't explain those cows. Look, uh, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> what do I say? <laughs> I've been, I've been oh, caught mate, well, down, literally. It is right. a start of breeding season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mate, oh, boy. Mate, you must oh, be pumped no, about pumped about racing. Yeah, that's incredible. Pumped about racing today? Oh, yeah, look, I think the whole industry is just itching to get back, you know, and, uh, you know, these unfortunate times and this and that, and we've all got to just play the game, and um, but yeah, I think there's a, there's quite a buzz around the, around the traps this morning, and everyone's sort of looking forward to getting back out there. And we've been incredibly fortunate this lockdown, where last time we sort of everything sort of shut down, the horses went out to rest, and you know, uh, but this time we've been able to continue working and making progress. And it, you know, for a lockdown period, it's been a good time of year because a lot of the horses weren't going anywhere anyway. And it might have jeopardised one or two horses a week or two, but uh, the majority of them are still on the way up and on the way to the trials. So, you know, um, but it, yeah, boys, it's, it's great to be back at the races today and get the show back on the road. And um, yeah, and look, track here this morning. They galloped the field out there this morning. They flew around here. They ran home in 35, and the track will be all right here today. It's dried out a lot. With, you know, they've had a pretty dry winter, which is great. And, no, there'll be some big good racing. So, no, back in action. Hey, Andrew, is he here, mate? I just want to ask you, uh, how, how have your horses pulled up? You just said, like, you're lucky enough this lockdown that the horses could actually get a bit of work in. They pulled up all right since post-lockdown? Is he? Uh, no, nah, look, they've been, it's been great. You know, we've been able to continue to work them and they can make progress and, you know, their fitness levels can increase. Um, and... Yeah, look, uh, Izzy, you nearly sounded like you knew what you were talking about when you answered that question. Exactly. I'm just relating it to athletes, mate. I'm just relating it to athletes because, you know, it's, those horses, we treat them like athletes, mate. They are fine-tuned athletes. Uh, uh, look, Izzy, it's not funny to say that, and that's how we explain it to, to non-racing people. That these horses are mm. no different to the All Blacks. They... They take a good yeah. level of fitness. They've got good nutrition. They've got to have the mind. They've got to have sound legs. And the rest is up to ability. And there is no different to the All Blacks or horse racing or netball or whatever. A lot of it is just the top two inches and a good bit of fitness and nutrition. And the rest is up to them. So, yeah, we can, yeah. To get the, a little average horse to win a half a race, uh, yeah, a, a, a wee bit better race. Um, we can, you know, it comes down to the trainer a wee bit. 
Oh, so you're a good trainer, Andrew, and I'm looking for one. I'm going to go to the cracker and buy a horse <laughs> with Baz lately. I haven't told the wife yet. Still, hopefully she's not listening. But, mate, talk to us about um, yeah, what's involved. You, you talk about athletes, and I know what these athletes have to do post-races. Is there quite a big emph- emphasis on recovery? And uh, do you, like, wear any special devices you put on these horses or anything like that, or is it just go out in the paddock and rest? Uh, see, look, it's, it's a, a little bit it comes down to you know, a lot of it comes down to buying them at Caraca. Like, um, let's bring it back to athletes or humans. Usain Bolt looks mm. like the champion sprinter of the world because he's tall, he's athletic, um, and he looks like what he is. Now, Tony Woodcock looks like the best prop in the world because he's built like a, a, <laughs> a prop. And he's... Um, uh, but uh, so there's there's two good examples now. If we're looking for a two year old type, where well, you go and buy a short, stocky horse with a good bit of muscle. If you're looking for a long distance Melbourne Cup horse, well, you're looking for a a, a tall, lean, rangy looking horse. So you're going to buy what you want. So there's no difference between human and horse as far as athletes go if you're going to buy them. But the unknown thing is, we just don't know if they can run fast or they've got the oxygen or the lungs to carry themselves. So um, yeah, and look, it all—it's all pretty simple stuff. You can, I think, I don't know, any good coach or any good horse trainer, anyone, if try and, you know, I've listened to Dave O'Sullivan and Mike Moroney, people that I've learnt from. It's—it's it's pretty much just good uh, horse husbandry, stockmanship, and the rest is up mm. to the individual, you know. And I think if you overcomplicate that, so many things, you just make it so much harder, you know. Yeah. Scotty, I spoke to uh, I spoke to Lance as as alluded to in the uh, in the intro, and he, he said, "Well, Scotty is a champion bloke. He's a hell of a horseman as well. He's just purchased twenty five acres of Matamata, which he took over yesterday. He was a bit concerned because he thought he thought is that the first sign that Scotty's going out on his own and leaving the Hall of Fame trainer behind? But you must be pretty excited, you and Sarah, to have settled oh. on that property. Oh, absolutely, guys. Thank you. Yeah, it's another step for us. Is you know. We've worked our sort of way through housing, and and this is what you know Sarah and myself have always wanted is to get our own block of land and you know carve our way through it, and we'll hopefully do it up and get it uh, up and running. And it's, it's a really it's a it's pretty run down. It looks a bit bit average at the moment, but we've got all our own ideas. And a couple of Derby winners were trained out of the place, like Roger James trained there. He had Zonder and Royston were trained out of the place. So, um, but no, we've got no intention of going out on our own. Um, I tell you what, Brendan, but the really exciting things happened today at the farm. There's uh, there's oh. eight heifers arriving today. <laughs> <laughs> you right? You're right. You're gonna be right. <laughs> my, my wife said, "Oh, do you want me to let the cows out of the yards?" I said, "No, no, 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 leave them there. Leave them there. I'll sort them out when I'm finished with the races." So. Uh... <laughs> Country clued up. Oh. Izzy, you got a question for Scotty? <clears throat> Mate, I have, Scotty. Big part of our show. Big part of our show, Scotty, is tipping. Baz has been tipping like an absolute champion, and our listeners love a tip, mate. And I love a wee tip, too. So give us a tip. Give us some gold and gravy, mate. Uh, what have we got? What have we got? What have we got? Uh, look, today our best chance is perfectionist in race six. Uh, and it's probably an each-way chance. I wouldn't go out all out and win. Um, you yep. should get money to get your money back if it runs a place. Uh, 
probably long over the next sort of three weeks, and we're probably tipping a hard one here. But you know, the the Tarzino down at Hastings in a couple of weeks with Dragon Leap, like we think he's yes, coming boy. up really well. Um, and look, he, he's a bit of value in his price at the present time. If you wanted to sort of pin one, you could sort of say, and you wanted to have a go, like he, he'd be a, he's a good chance, we think, you know. Um, so okay. there's one bit of a roughie anyway. Beautiful. Well, he's, he's yeah, at about he 650 at the moment. I got, I, I got 11s, if I'm being honest. It's, but anyway, oh. looking forward to watching Dragon Leap and the Tarzino. Scotty, we're going to let you go, mate, but uh, thanks heaps for joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. All the best today with your team, and congratulations again on, on the purchase of the, the acreage here in Matamata, and, and uh, I'm sure your family will absolutely love it. I'll be in touch, bud. Hey, all the very best, team. Thanks for having us on. Legend. That is Legend. Andrew Scott, the trainer out of, co-trainer with Hall of Famer Lance O'Sullivan. They are there at Wexford Stables. They've got a nice team in today, so worth following. Perfectionist race six each way, Andrew Scott has got for us. Plenty more coming up here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. It is a couple of minutes away from 8 a.m. here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It was a great chat with Andrew Scott. He steered us into perfectionist each way. Well, Scotty, it's paying $2.80 for the win, so what sort of each way odds are there? Come on, mate. It'll win, I reckon. It will win. There's also Platform, which Louis tipped out earlier on in race nine for the Wexford Stable. That's short too, 270. There might be a little multi-building out of the Wexford Stable today, perhaps. And then I've got a little tip mm. later on, which I'm going to oh, just keep man, teasing man. out a little bit. I'm just going to keep teasing it out a little bit, you know. And we've got Paul Moate on a little bit later on, so we might be able to get a bit of but a good juicy stuff out of him. Maybe even a little bit, bit of bonus back options. Although I don't know if we'll need it today. I think we're going to get home yeah. with our tip okay. today. Yep. I feel like we're going to get home. So we might not even need him. I wonder if we can save them up. If we don't need him, Paulie, can we save him? That's a question we could <laughs> ask him. How good are those <laughs> bonus get backs? Like, honestly, I didn't know, have a clue about them. And then once he started talking about them, I went back and checked my account. I had heaps of them. I was pumped. Couldn't believe it. They are so yeah. good. Well, and especially that fella turned that bonus bet the other what, a couple of days ago. On Saturday, he turned it from a ten dollar bonus bet back option to nine grand or whatever it was. So, oh, hey, things can be done. Izzy, we've got plenty more coming up. We've got Stephen Fleming coming up after the news. How good's that, big Flemo? I'm going to get you Flemo. to soften him up with a little intro, though. <laughs> Flemo, oh, I've got a gym for you. Mate. I've got a gym for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, Ash Barty, she won her match over there in straight sets in the US Open. This is Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Oh, a little McCafe. Why not? It's coming up very soon or a little bit later on. Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. The all-new SNZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy on SCNZ and it is just after 8, we're into our last hour, this is the hour where we really bring it home like the perfectionists in race 6 and matter matter, each way chance, <laughs> Andrew Andrew Scott has given us the tip, the tip and I'm going to back that one and, and hopefully he's given us some gravy, so no we've had a great show so far, we've chatted 
William Steadman, Sophie Pascoe and their successes overnight at the Paralympics. Absolute champions. And then we got... <coughs> excuse me. And then we got Christopher Clary of the US <laughs> Open um, talking all things tennis, what's going on, and actually Ash Barty has just won her match, so congratulations to Ash Barty. And talking about his book, The Master, on Roger Federer. And like I just said, we just had Andrew Scott talking all things breeding, heifers, and our bit of country, clueless, because he's a bit like myself and doesn't have any ideas about what's going on on the farm. So looking forward to chatting to him and getting a few tips later. And then we've got Stephen Fleming on the line coming up after the break. So if you've got any questions for our good friend Flemo, give us a message on double eight, double three. We'll fire those through to our champion. He is a friend of the show. He is about to jet set off to uh, the UAE with Baz. So it'd be great to chat to him, and it'd be awesome to be able to chat to him, Baz. I know you're very passionate about passionate about this. He is a coach, and ask him the questions about a young athlete like a Josh Iwani, uh, and what he needs to do uh, when he gets this opportunity at the Chiefs, and then also leading into Reese Walsh, the young Reese Walsh, and and how he would handle these things. So look, looking forward to chatting to to Stephen Fleming, and we've got him on the line actually. So I've got a hell of an intro here for. Well, he's about to jet set off on his private jet to the sunny side of the world to make his millions in three weeks of work. But before he sets off, we thought we'd uh, get him on for a wee chat. He's passionate about coaching. He's passionate about team cohesion. And, well, he doesn't mind a wee drink of red wine. And must say, he's got the biggest wine cellar I've ever seen. Welcome to the eight handicap golfer, Stephen Fleming. Just before you go, Fleming. <laughs> Just before you get started, I'd just like to offer my help for your section if you need me to look after, you know, your little your little section out in uh, Hoka Downs down the road there, you know. You need any hand there, mate? I'll maintain it for you while you're away, bud. <laughs> Morning, Izzy. It's a lot in that intro. That's, um, that's a good effort considering how much influencing you would have been doing over lockdown. So well done. <laughs> Getting yourself some time to write that. There's a couple of mistruths in there, but... Hey, as you guys know, it's uh, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. It's my uh, my lawns are growing. They finally started growing, as I'm sure yours are. But um, I actually had uh, a mile ready to go, and it went in for a service uh, Tuesday two weeks ago. So I might need you to whip round and um, and mow the lawns, but which won't take long. I'll do that for you, Flemo, well, mate. Flemo. Flemo, is his lawn's looking great because he's been using the old Swift Grow on them, which hasn't made its way to Matter Matter just yet, <laughs> but it must be in the mail somewhere, somewhere, You'll somehow. You'll see that soon, mate. mate. I'll influence that soon, mate. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> us, mate. Uh, lockdown life, how's it been for you guys out there in uh, out there in Ahoka? Well, it's pretty good. Um, very fortunate uh, to have a little bit of space. So with, uh, with the three kiddies running around um, after their schooling, it, it makes a difference just getting outside and uh, a bit of fresh air. The first week was, was great weather down here in Christchurch. So um, it, it actually makes it a nice change. You get some good time with the with the family. The second week's a little bit different. Weather changed and homeschooling gets a bit niggly. But um, I guess we're very fortunate to, to be moving down a level, even though it doesn't make a huge difference to um, sort of day-to-day life, it's um, it's nice that things are hopefully tracking in the right way. What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? But, um, Liam, I know you got a little bit of a pass three out the back. You've been hitting any balls? Oh, I haven't hit a lot. It's like, um, uh, sort of been trying to get everything ready before I go away. I was trying 
trying to think of something smart mm. to say around that golf. But we have got a golf tournament coming out when I get back. So I've sort of mentally been going through um, a few changes. And the, the good thing about some of the hotels um, in Dubai, the curtains are incredibly thick. So you can sort of judge the quality of the hotel room by what number iron you can hit into the curtain <laughs> and just have it drop down. It's a risky at the start, but... Um, I've got a, a pitching wedge. I don't have my pitching wedge as far as you boys, that's for sure. And um, so I'll just work on grooving the swing for that for uh, for a big tournament in November, which I think you two boys are attending. We are. We're actually attending a golf tournament called the Donk, which is second only to the New Zealand Open. And the Donk is hosted by Stephen Fleming, our, our guest on the show this morning. It's good that you come on the show because Hardy he doesn't come on the show and he doesn't extend the invite to Izzy and I for um, for the New Zealand Open either. So we appreciate you coming on the show, Flem. Mate, talk to us about the IPO and, and the travels. Your team's sitting sitting pretty good towards the top end of that tournament with uh, at the halfway stage. You you excited to get back over there? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's got some challenges um, around travel and then of course getting home. But from a, a tournament point of view, we did. Um, have a good run in the first half, uh, but that's all it was really. We um, we had a bit of momentum and a little bit of form, which can mean very little game to game. But uh, we finished with a loss against Mumbai and start with our first game up against Mumbai. So again, it's a lot of work pre-season and a lot of work getting the um, the right environment and the, and, and the frame of mind, I guess, to finish the tournament off well. It can really turn on you quite quickly. So under no illusions mm-hmm. about the work needed to. To stay around the top and get through to the finals, we've got teams like uh, Kolkata that we've now become very dangerous bears, don't they? Because with nothing to fear, I'm pretty sure they'll uh, they'll be going hard, just like uh, their, their coach. So um, no, there's um, there is a lot to play for, and we're um, I'm excited about getting over there. But it's it's still a lot of weeks, almost like two seasons in one. So uh, yeah, a little bit nervous, but looking forward to it. Flemma, I want to talk to you a little bit, slightly different um, to just normal cricket chat. We've had Reese Walsh has obviously had a, a breakout season for um, the Warriors, a young man who a lot has been thrust upon him and, and laid at his feet. We've got Josh Awani, who is now transferred from um, from Otago uh, to to the Chiefs, and he's had a couple issues off field as well. Really fascinated, and I consider you one of well the best leader I've I've played under and had the experience to to learn off what's your take on being able to um, guide these young these young guys these young talents and try and mold them towards becoming more successful in their careers during the time that they've got well thank you Baz I um it's no real one set answer I don't think it's it's really managing the man and we sometimes get caught up with over trying to overproduce a culture and, and overproduce some good buzzwords and good effects within the group, but really managing the man um, and how he fits into the group and and the qualities he brings and and, and how much rope or, or what exactly the athlete needs is very important. So sometimes that gets lost in the team environment. So it's really, really specific about how you're going to work with each individual and um, applying those rules. We, we can get caught up in generalisations with a lot of team talk. So. I'm not massive on, on team meetings. I think team meetings miss the mark. There's a lot of one-on-one conversations and a lot of work just reinforcing team rules and, and structures and a, and a few um, non-negotiables. But in between that, it's a little bit of give and take about getting to know the player and, and actually understand what the player needs and how he ticks so that that can fit into your overall game plan. I just wonder if there's enough time spent with individuals 
um, these days, whereas there's a lot of team focus and a lot of cultural focus and a lot of um, events that are, are trying to get the, the perfect outcome around how the team's operating rather than making sure that the individuals are, are going okay and you've got a good finger on the pulse as to whether they need more attention or less and it can change quite quickly, but um, that barometer is very important around your people. Awesome, awesome answer. Um, love that. Love that. Getting to know your players. And um, the other day we asked Smithy a question about current players and the experiences they have. How do we keep them involved in the game that they play? And and what what kind of excited you about getting into coaching? And maybe you could pass on to to past players that are potentially thinking about coaching. What excited you, um, Flynn? Well, my story is a bit different. As I um. <laughs> I finished off, I finished off um, my, my playing career and um, and I was really interested in how some of the, the leadership skills and, and skills through playing um, were going to transfer into into business. So I sort of had one eye on um, on, on dancing around a few businesses and, and, and getting understanding between them both. But uh, the IPL came along, so I got an opportunity to play, um, to play for Chennai and I made such a hash of it the first year uh, the only way that boss was going to get a return on investment was to make me a player coach. So he made me player coach for the next couple of years, and um, and that was how I stumbled into coaching. So I didn't set out to become a coach, but I did really enjoy the the opportunity to stay involved in decision making in sport, and um, and also had the time to explore other things. So I was very lucky that I, I got that opportunity to have the best of both worlds. For others, it's not so easy. Sometimes you move into uh, the next field by default, and what a lot of people yeah. only know is the sport that they've played, and you sort of force the pigeonhole into an area where you've, you know, well, I've got to be a coach because really you're too scared to try other things. So, a lot of the emphasis now, and, and I really love the work that the players associations do on exposing players during their career to their opportunities and, and, and improving their skills off season. Um, whereas before it wasn't really done, players were left to their own devices. Now there's really good programs around that just give players the opportunity and athletes the opportunity to explore other areas. And I think the key word is confidence to, to actually stumble out of your sport or finish your sport and have the confidence that, that what you've learned and what you know is really important in other aspects of life. And, and often, surprisingly, even some of the top athletes just lose a little bit of confidence when they move away from something that they've known so well for so long. Mm. Yeah, that's... That is fascinating as well. Fleming, I guess one thing I've been um, grappling with my, myself around sort of trying to help other people out with leadership and things and that as well is there's different types, I guess, of um, outcomes required, isn't there? There's, I look at, say, the Warriors, for instance, or, or even, say, so that's Nathan Brown and also, say, um, Ian Foster with the All Blacks, and there's the, the need to get instant results now, but also the responsibility of trying to build something which lasts beyond your term. Is that, a, is that a difficult, in your eyes, is that a difficult thing to be able to try and achieve or, or do you have to separate them or do you think they can they can stand stand alongside each other? Well, well they're really closely linked, but they're, they're also far apart in terms of trying to achieve them. And it's, it's a really interesting point, Brendan, when we look at your career, the style that you adopted, you have a, a really defining moment um, that's been much documented in, in South Africa which really define your leadership going forward so having the ability to to realize that moment and then shape yourself and others moving forward is really powerful but it also has to have synergy with the group and, and often the, the best groups um, have a sense of purpose outside themselves so they'll 
the old word selfless and selfish are really closely linked in sport. But in a team environment, you're asking for a lot of selfish um, behaviours, but then when you, when you put the athlete on the field, you want them to be really selfish. So there's a lot of conflicting words and, and behaviours that are required to, to achieve all that you talked about. And, and managing those as a coach is, is just trying to get the balance right. You might want to up the ante with some who's a bit down on confidence and then drop it for others who are a little bit too outspoken because that's driving the, the team strategy forward. And then within that, you're trying to work out, um, again, how you want to leave this team. And, and you don't want to leave this team um, being fired. You'd love to leave the team in a much better space as people talk about particularly the All Blacks leaving the jersey in a much um, better position than when you got it. So that you, the same applies to the coaching. You, you've got pride and ego. Um, but the last word I'll throw in there is a bit of luck as well. I, I think you need a little bit of luck when you start out um, just so you can get a couple of results and, and then you can start working on those things. But if you don't get that, then just like players, you start searching for other things and that can get a little bit confusing. And then um, as the players are looking for you for strong leadership, you're a little bit muddled because you've got all these objectives you, you want to get out and do, um, but you're really worried about winning the next game. So it, it ultimately comes back to the little things and, and perhaps a little bit of luck to get underway. And, and you're also big on, on cohesion within um, the teams that you try and pull together. And one of the fascinating insights to your success as a coach over in the IPL with Chennai Super Kings is you've got various different cultures and ethnicities. How do you... How do you blend all of them together, understand them all, blend them together and try and then get them all heading towards a common goal? Yeah, so it's a great question and a great challenge and, and I really like learning from others. So Christchurch in particular, Scott Robinson's been um, been really interesting to spend time with, with the themes and the way he, he operates with the Crusaders and, and then just chats with Izzy and, and others, even through golf, Kieran Reid and others that have popped up and but just being able to talk to others about their experiences and um, and what they do as a team and trying to link that back to the, the environment that you just discussed, which is so different. The first thing is a lot of what we have to do in the IPL is on is on basically on fast forward. It's on steroids. You've got two months to make an impact. So there's other teams that have nine months to 12 months to really shape a team. You've really got to get something in place quite quick so that going back to your self-preservation as coach you need to get a couple of wins on the board early to relax and be able to to get into tournaments and, and get into your career so it's it's really hard sometimes to you see these great outfits and these great organizations operating and just think geez how can I fast forward this and, and get this done in two months and you got to cut and paste a few things and ultimately again it comes still comes down to that man management if you can get alongside in some cases as we've got about 20-25 players haven't we that we're trying to get to know and, and a third of those might not even speak English so there's some real challenges and you know what you, you're just not going to be able to achieve the perfect model so it's about just trying to get things done it's kind of, I guess focus on on some key players or, or a key 12 or 13 and, and really make sure your relationship with those guys is strong and that's why I'm a big fan of trying to retain players as long as possible because each year that I get to spend with them, just cuts down that time of getting to know them so we can start hopefully ahead of the pack if anyone else is chopping and changing because there's so much cricket talent out there. You could pick team after team and, and hopefully be competitive, but um, if you stick with your people, you get to know them and year after year, you get to know them at a deeper level than anyone else and I think that's potentially an advantage. Mate, it's always a fascinating insight when I'm walking the fairways at Clearwater with 
Stephen Fleming and uh, the word cohesion comes out, mate. Hugely important on every side. <laughs> love what you're about. Mate, I want to ask you about Scott Robinson spending a bit of time with him. I love what he does, he's about and his man management, his deeper understanding on how each individual ticks and what they need. What, what was a couple of learnings that you're going to take over to Chennai Super Kings when you head back? Oh, just just his energy is he's it's just infectious. Um, he, he themes, we know he themes, and and they really have a real strong group purpose. But firstly, you need to sell that. You need to be, and you'd know that very well, being a, a, one of the best influencers in New Zealand. So to be able to sell that um, <laughs> and have purpose around that around that is really oh, important. Yeah, it's the energy to drive it. For uh, a lot of these ideas of dollars, can, eh? um, <laughs> a lot of these, um, a lot of these energies, uh, a lot of these, um, of these themes fall over because of the lack of energy from uh, the person that's running it. And one of the things that comes through yeah. to me is just this absolute, um, total commitment to this team and the energy that he brings each day to living what they're going to do this season. And it's really small detail to the, to the large detail. It's just all encompassing for everyone around. And you can just feel it when you're around and involved with it. Um, so I really admire the energy year after year to, to keep doing that. So I, that, that's certainly something in this COVID world as well that, uh, that is infectious and something that I look to take away that when you're with the group, it's, it's exciting. You're very lucky to be able to be doing what you're doing and, and create energy that way. So I, I really like that and admire that of, uh, of Razor. A bit of a deep question, but I guess, do you think leadership, do you think it can be, taught or, or learnt or do you think you kind of bred with it? Yeah, yeah, it is deep. I I think back when I was 23, I, I, I wasn't overly ambitious about being a, a captain. So a lot of my, um, a lot of my captaincy and leadership was learnt. Uh, there's, I guess, some uh, some social skills you may have that allow you to communicate a bit better and, and have stronger relationships with players that others might not have at the time but I, I was very lucky that I had time to develop those so I, I think it's a little bit of both I think there's some there's some alpha alpha athletes that stand out um, and they often become the leaders by default and not necessarily the best leaders uh, and there are leaders that are cut short because they don't have the results or don't have the time to to learn or, or, or change the mistakes that they've made early on as they try and formulate their style. So I think it's a real mixed bag. It's really fascinating to try and understand leadership and, and, and put it into um, paragraphs or sentences that make sense because it's so complex and it really does change from group to group and from task to task and challenge to challenge. And uh, a leader in one aspect might not be a great leader in another. Um, so the ability to sort of work out what players you want in your team to be contributing at key times is more important. And in fact, I've gone away from almost using leaders to a more collective um, situation where a number of players can, can contribute and, and, and make really um, substantial contributions by the past experiences that they've had. So you don't have to have a leadership tag to, or a captaincy um, badge to be, the, uh, to be the leader at that moment. So it's, it's really complex and really fluid. And even the way I fumbled through the answer suggests it's just not that easy to, um, to articulate. Well, <clears throat> you might have felt like you stumbled through it, but it makes complete sense, mate. Love we that. really appreciate you joining both Izzy and, and myself here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And we wish you all the best in your travels. And we look forward to seeing you over there, mate. And appreciate you giving me all the scoop on how to try and get my team 
um, somewhere near <laughs> near your team over there as well. But really appreciate it. You'll be right. A couple of party shots for me. You are. You'll be the absolute dark horse, which on a, a racing focus show is going to be dangerous for you over there. Izzy, the golf tournament's not Ambrose. Um, everyone gets sick and tired of your photo where you're looking back. So you might need to work on the short game. But, uh, I know. Safe, I have been. I've been, I've been working on the wedges, Flem. I've been working on the wedges. I'll be good. Come, come. You get back, mate. Look out. Right oh, look Very good. Thanks, Flem, mate. Take care, mate. That was Stephen Fleming, absolute champion. Former New Zealand skipper, obviously current coach of Chennai Super Kings and and one of the best when it comes to leadership and not just cricket and everything. He is an absolute superstar and some fascinating insights there. So appreciate Stephen Fleming joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It is 24 minutes past eight in the morning. A big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 28 minutes away from 9am here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks for listening throughout the morning. Stay with us for the next 28 minutes as we amble towards Ian Smith coming up after 9. There is some sport going on though. The US Open is underway. Actually, just sorry, just picking up on Trudy's news, I meant to say. And Andy Murray on the tennis theme. Look, I, I think Sitsipas taking a 20-minute bathroom break is more relatable than Jeff Bezos still flying to space, all right? So just going back to, our, to what we were talking about a couple of months ago with these blokes up in space, I still think that, that a long bathroom break makes a bit more sense. We've got a couple of matches starting in 10 minutes down there at Flushing Meadows. Fabio Fognini starts his campaign, as does Tennis Sangram, the American. Later on today, of course, we've got Novak Djokovic, and he is the number one seed trying to do what not many, well, not really only one other guy, Rod Laver in the last kind of 50, 60 years has done. That is the Grand Slam. Alex Demonor as well. The Australian gets underway at 12.15. So that's what's going on there. That text, Baz, you bang on. Flem for PM. That could be text of the week and they could be sleeping in a temper bed because we do love Flem and we love his insights. So thank you for texting on double eight double three. You can keep calling on 0800 150 811, the Kennard's higher phone line. But right now it's time for a TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. We've got Paul Moate on the line. Morning, Paul. Oh, morning, Louis. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Gee, he's a up and about. <laughs> Isn't he? Paulie, he's here. Come hey, on. He's, yeah. You get the breeding, you get the breeding <laughs> season underway today as well, Paulie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, I'm no silver bill, but I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> little oh, spring in a step. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's a, well, it's the first day of spring, boys. Um, I'm sure that Baz has been able to have his McCafe coffee. Um, domestic racing is back. How good's that? Um, and, to, and to celebrate. Um, Bonus backs for both things. meetings. Beautiful. Be, be, Thanks, Paulie. <laughs> All I can say is be careful today, Paulie. Be careful. <laughs> well, okay. Because uh, it is the first day of spring and we've finally got dom- domestic racing back, we've got guaranteed $10,000 first fours on all races from Matamata and from Ashburton. So guaranteed $10,000 first fours from Matamata and from Ashburton. Uh, And I know that Izzy loves the bonus backs, so we're also going to do bonus backs 
at races one, two, three, and four from Matamata, and also races one, two, three, and four from Ashburton. Bonus back races from both, from the first four races from both uh, meetings today, Matamata and Ashburton. Um, once again, head to the TAB website uh, and go to the Punters Lounge for all the T's and C's. I tell you what, it's the first day of spring. We deserve a, I don't know, a nature boy. Woo! (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, Paulie, what a, you're a champion. It is a great day, isn't it? Geez, it's good to have some racing back. You got anything for us, mate? You got a little tip for us or what? I'm staying away from the tips. I'll, I'll just see. I'm just waiting to see which horses have been uh, getting the work in and, and which horses haven't. And then, um, as we lead up to, of course, the Foxbridge and then uh, the first day of the Hawks Bay Carnival. So, I heard uh, yesterday you had a good chat with um, was it Bruce Ten Percent Sharrick? I think that's what his ego yeah. called him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. But, he sounds like he but sounds steep, like a good mate. man. That's so. steep, mate. <laughs> what's worse do that what about much, mate yeah well what about Bears 100% rupee McCallum I mean where do we go <laughs> <laughs> uh, when are you guys going to start taking the rupee at the THB there Paulie Crikey. you got a spare of thought for us spare of thought for us fellas who have to go and hustle overseas for our income hey um, what about uh, just, I'm not sure if you got it in front of you there but the Tarzino in a couple of weeks we had um, Scotty on before Andrew Scott out of the Wexford barn, and he just he gave us a little steer towards Dragon Leap. I know it's going to be a red hot field, but have you got any sort of any kind of uh, dollar amount that, that you're paying there? What's the odds? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, favourite in the uh, futures market for the Tarzino at the moment. Um, no surprises really. Avantage at two dollars and seventy. Uh, then there's Catalyst at four dollars. Then on the third line of betting, we've got Dragon Leap at five dollars and fifty cents. Uh, so okay. um, certainly well in the market. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much, Paul Mwate. Have a great day, mate. Enjoy. I hope you are like Savabu Bill when you get three a day for the next three months. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You was right up today. Got Paulie. <laughs> Ah, uh, Paulie Mwati from the TAB Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. Oh, very good. And we've also got that little tip from Andrew Scott, which was perfectionist in race two. Yeah. Uh, race six, sorry, at Matamata. Louis is steering us into platform race nine at Matamata. And do you want my tip now or do you want it after? A little bit later? When do you want it? Now. Now. Okay. Doombin, race two, number seven, Ventina. Schwarzer, Cambridge stud horse, maiden handicap, 1,200 metres, soft five, drawn 10, Tony Gollan trained, $4.80, opened at about nine bucks. The money is on. There you go. It is time for us to get to a break on the back of that. It is 20 minutes to nine. Coming back, we've got a little bit of temper, sleep on it with Smitty a bit later on, and then we'll wrap up all of the day's proceedings. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. 
You certainly are at 15 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Call the station. Call ECNZ. You can call us quickly now if you want on the Kennards High phone line 0800 150 Ian Smith up after us. Then, of course, Staffy, he would love to hear from you. Beave and Kirst into Ricardo, and we'll do it all again tomorrow. Been some great text interaction today, Baz, and they, they keep coming. Zimmo's fired up. Zimmo, cheers Zimmo. Hey boys, got one for you. Mata Mata today. Race four, number one, Abu Dhabi. Oh, look at that. That's a nice touch. Zimmo, you know that's where I'm off to, don't you? The Ritz-Carlton and Abu Dhabi. Certainly not doing a tough stay in that hotel, I must say. So there we go. Zimmo, thank you. Race four, number one, Abu Dhabi. That goes along with the race six perfectionist out of the Andrew Scott and Lance O'Sullivan barn. And then my tip out of Doombin, race two, number seven, Vantina. There's a bit going on on the racing world, especially when you had Louis race nine platform again out of the O'Sullivan Scott Barn there at Wexford. Um, heaps of racing and also a few texts here about Flem's chat, Stephen Fleming's chat with us just then. I have to say that the insights and wisdom coming from the likes of Stephen Fleming, who have huge experience in all areas of sporting life, are priceless. Even a guy like Tony Kemp, who I've never heard before, is very good. Keep the guests going. Cheers, JB. Uh, it was a fascinating chat, mate. And and it, the thing that, that strikes me about Flem, he's just so considered. He doesn't have necessarily one style of leadership. He's, he's able to mould his style of leadership to the environment he goes to and to the individual that he's chatting with. with. Mm. And I couldn't help but think, Reese Walsh, and I read... Read an article yesterday about Reese Walsh and some of the comments that he came up with, I was really I was fascinated by. I think they're fantastic. He said, I'm so excited for the years ahead, playing footy with these boys and these coaches, making this club a great club and really going a long way. And he also then said, yeah, there is a lot of responsibility, but I'm pretty happy taking on those roles. I just want to keep getting better, and I've got the, the coaching staff here that are really helping me. Sometimes they want to rip my head off, but I'm young, mate. They, they want they want to make me a good footballer and a long-term footballer, and that is what I want as well. Any chance that I get to ask questions and for them to tip me up and help me out, I'm going to take it with both hands. Now, that is a fascinating stare into a young man, a 19-year-old who's had a lot mm. laid at his feet from a responsibility point of view, and I couldn't help but think that those who are at the Warriors set up, the likes of Nathan Brown, his coaching staff, are singing from a very similar sheet leadership sheet to someone like a Stephen Fleming to try and get the best out of him. And I'm intrigued what you think, Izzy, but if he's got that, that layer of leadership and, and um, responsibility being thrust upon him and that level of support, mm. then he can only do good things for the Warriors, surely. Oh, totally, mate, totally. Like, that is uh, wonderful insights to, to uh, Reese Walsh. And it just, mate, it just reminds me, when you get these young kids and they got so much talent and they are so instinctual, they have they bring that flair, they bring that personality, and and I've seen it with with, with guys and they probably get overcoached and then they 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 get mm. you're over controlled. You, they get a bit too much control. Yes, they put the platforms in place, you put the the structures in place around these these kind of kids. A guy like Rich Walsh, but you don't want to take away those instinctual. Uh, those um, you know, instinctual instincts that he plays with. He plays with so much freedom. He plays with so much excitement, so much confidence. So for a guy like him, yes, you've got to steer him in the right direction. You put little bits of structures, but you've got to let him fly free. And you've got to let him 
he's going to make mistakes along the way. You you handle those. You work with those. But um, they've got an unbelievable uh, signing there with Reese Walsh, and hopefully, you know, with the talent around him and um, the experiences Nathan Brown in there as, as coach, um, hopefully they can just keep adding to those little one percenters to his game to hopefully better his future. But but I'm excited. I love the words coming out of him. They. They love yeah. what he's about, but sometimes they get sick of him and angry, and that's probably just because of the. It's, it's probably like, on the outside looking at it, it, probably looks like he doesn't care and he's he's been a bit of a clown. But the reality is, he crosses that field, mate. Get him on that field, and he's going to change the game. And that's what you want. You want guys that are game changers, game breakers, and Reese Walsh is one of them. So, and you missed out, Bears. The experiences of Bears and Stephen Fleming in that text message too, mate. We are so lucky to have you on the show sharing your insights because you're an unbelievable leader in your own right. So don't miss that out again. I know you're humble. Do not miss that <laughs> like Bears and Stephen too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Izzy. <laughs> anyway, what I loved as well about the Reese Walsh thing, we're going we're gonna to get off to a break shortly and we're going to come back with the doyen of, of all things sport in New Zealand and Ian Smith for our temper sleep on it question. But what I also love is, the fact that he's projecting forward himself in the Warriors setup. I'm so mm. excited for the years ahead playing footy with these boys and these coaches making this club a great club and really going a long way. They are good signs for those who are fans of Reese Walsh and want to see him mm. be at the Warriors for a long, long time. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We're 10 minutes away from nine. Five minutes away from when Ian Smith takes over and carries you through till midday. Cannot wait to hear Smithy's reckons throughout the morning. So it's time for sleep on it. Thanks to Temper, they've got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Baz, we've got the great man on the line, the doyen, don't we? We do have the doyen. Just before I get to the doyen, though, there's a, t- a text here. What was Baz's tip? Just missed the horse name. In race seven at Doom and Cheers. Now, this is a this is quite a regular thing. People just they only hear a little bit and they don't write it down. I'm not going to continue to keep keep bringing it up. You got to listen. I'll give you one more opportunity here, okay? Doom race two, number seven, Vantina. Okay, done. Right there we go. Whew. All right, Ooh. plenty of good racing today, and a you man who will be well, acro- <laughs> well across. <laughs> I'm just joking, as I'm just joking. I'm just trying, just trying to have a stern hand. It doesn't really sit with me that well. A man who will be well across the racing today, across, well, not just over in Australia, but now here in New Zealand as well. Mutter Mutter and Ash Burden. He would have looked through all the cards. He would already have his bets on. I'm, I'm guessing for the first few anyway. It is the doyen, the voice of sport in New Zealand, Ian Smith. Good morning, Smitty. Uh, morning, gentlemen. How are we today? All right. Uh, Wednesday, halfway through the week, just over for you. Good good stuff. Yeah. Have you had a look at the fields today? Um, no, I haven't had a chance to, to be fair. I know they're on, but uh, no, I haven't had a, I'll, um, I haven't got a lot on this afternoon, funnily enough, so I'll probably uh, do some homework uh, just about after midday and uh, after I've finished my mini triathlon around the house, I'll, I'll probably uh, have a look at them, Baz. Yeah, it'll be cool. Very good. Well, it's good to have racing back anyway. And, of course, the, uh, oh, the yeah. first day of yeah. breeding season today. So I'm sure I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Oh, I can see. Are those dollar signs in your eyes? <laughs> 
Uh, not dollar signs, yeah, but anyway. Uh, mate, we're, our temper sleep on a question yesterday for you, Smitty, was uh, was in and around vaccinations and whether leagues and tournaments would should be able to make them compulsory for athletes. And fascinating in, in your answer. Yeah, well, okay. Well, the fact of the matter is that while it's a personal choice, uh, it'll obviously be up to the individual and you won't be able to force that. There'll be uh, guys in team situations who won't do it at the moment uh, for various reasons, whether it's religious or whether it's uh, a fear of uh, the jab or precautions about the thing, and you, you can't blame them for that because it's not absolutely conclusive, the whole thing around it. Uh, we had, uh, sadly, we had a death in New Zealand as a, re- a result of reaction mm-hmm. to a vaccination just the other day. So they, those kind of things don't help. And, and while, it's, uh, while it's freedom of choice, and uh, let's hope uh, we never lo- lose that in life, um, I, I think you're, you're always going to get exceptions to the rule. The majority will take it. The majority will take the common sense way and say, look, I need every precaution that I can. And if the medics say this is the way to go, then it's the way to go. But as I said, but you, you can't force it. You cannot not play with a guy at this stage who's uh, sitting alongside you in the dressing room. You, you, you just can't do that. Um, that would be a, a heck of a precedent to set, to, you know, for guys to turn around and say we're not playing with him. So I don't see that happening. Uh, I don't see that happening in individual sports either. There will be guys on the PGA who haven't had it. There's guys in the US Tennis Open who haven't had it. Women the same uh, because of personal preference. So you will not get um, a total buy-in and we're just going to have to live with it. I thought thought about it. I thought about um, whether it should be compulsory, but I can't see how at the moment how it can be. There we go. Fascinating. I could not agree more, actually, Smitty. Couldn't agree more, sir. That was our temper sleep on a question with Smitty. We'll be back again tomorrow for another one of those. Now it's time to hand over to the man, Izzy Dag. Oh, Smitty, sorry. We'll just about to wrap up. But... Just before you go, Izzy, excuse me, before you go, Baz, what, what was that horse in Doombin? Fantina, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're stirring. Oh, I can't wait to tune in to listen to you two during this time in a couple yeah. of weeks' time and just hear the hear what's <laughs> going on. Take us home, take us home, is. Here we go. Thanks to all our guests, Chris Clary, tennis expert. We get Andrew Scott, our latest horse farmer, and he's actually a heifer farmer as well. So it's been a great show. And our well, our next PM, I feel. Stephen Fleming, he was absolutely amazing. Thanks, Karen, Joe, Lewis, and a wonderful Trudy. That is the best from us. We love what you're about. Tune in tomorrow. Kakitiano. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.